I'm in Max, Max, Max. You are listening to Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. I'm in Max, 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 Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. Why, hello, and welcome to Season 28, Episode 19 of Happy Jack's <laughs> RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. In this episode of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast, Nicholas writes in about theater of the mind in different games, Yay. and Axel writes in with a success story. Yay, success stories. But first, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. We need emails! Emails! And, uh... If you'd like to uh, watch us live, we're on at uh, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Saturday mornings. Ish. Ish. And then we will be until sometime in the future. Yeah. <laughs> Stu's daughter is doing sports now. So Friday evenings are busy with lots of sporty stuff. Friday away games. And yeah. Sports ball. Sports ball. Yeah. Volleyball. Volleyball's Volleyball. very exciting. Yeah. I'm very proud of her. Yeah. it's And she's having fun. She got, she's got a lot of court time. Now. That's great. Um. Okay. You want, me, you want me to start? Yeah. Okay. Go. Okay. So we're starting shows with like advice now, uh, like like jamming stuff. One thing I really love to talk about, and one thing I'm a big proponent of, is breaking the "do not split the party" rule. Um, and if you've seen, you're a monster. I know. <laughs> But a lot of you have seen me GM, and this is, like, one of my favorite things to do. I love having the groups spi- split up. It's it's hard for group games like D&D. Games like D&D are mechanically built for the party all to be together for combat. For So f- splitting them up in other parts, um, you know, having... If you're playing other systems, um, my mask game, I think they were, like twice a session where everyone would be in the same place at the same time, if you watch Eidolon Academy. Um, I love it because it feels very cinematic. Um, I think it's a long time ago in another lifetime, mm-hmm. Kimmy went to uh, uh, like film school for a little while and I was into editing. I really loved taking things and splicing them together so they made sense in like a sequence. Um, <clears throat> so, what... I see where you're going. Right. Okay. <laughs> so my advice in handling this is not to just make the rule, because you get like people shoehorning themselves into scenes that it doesn't make sense, where they really would go somewhere else, um, is to cut it apart. The thing you really need to do is watch soap operas, if you really want to pace this out correctly. Stop laughing. I'm serious. Um, not for acting advice. Not for acting <laughs> advice. No, but for how they split... How they focus on one scene for a minute when they cut it off to move to another scene. A lot of GMs make the mistake of finishing a whole scene before cutting to the next one. That gets long. That gets boring. That's hard for the people at the table who aren't in that scene. Um, What you need to do is you need to cut it off at those amazing pivotal moments like a soap opera does. So it's like, you know, they have their... I can't believe the baby was really Maria's the whole time. Oh my gosh. And they talk for a minute and then she's like, but wait, the baby's really mine. Mm-hmm. And it's like the moment you're like, wait, what's going to happen next? That's when you as a GM are like, okay, we're going to stop there. What's happening over here is that's happening. And that's that key moment where you pause. Those two people are filled with anticipation or however many are in that scene are filled with that anticipation, excitement. They're not going to get bored while you're moving to this next scene. And the people who are now you're focusing on are like, oh, man, I can't believe that. Okay, how are we going to, like, what are we doing right now? And they're thinking about how they're 
characters are going to be wrapped up in that as soon as they find out about that thing. Right. So that's my advice to you. Move on. Like, like Stu ends games often on a really great cliffhanger. Like, those are the moments where you want to end a, or not end a scene, but cut away from a scene and then go to another scene and then come back. You just declared that you were really the mother of the baby. Right. What's happening now? <clears throat> and then it's so easy for them to pick back up in that moment. It's sometimes given them a few minutes to really think of something awesome to do next. And uh, it keeps, like, the flow and that excitement and the anticipation all moving because it works just like just that's why tv shows and especially soap operas are cut that way if you were to actually watch like if, if you cut all the scenes for one storyline of a soap opera all together and one t- in one show you would see how mediocre it's the so boring really are. so bad <laughs> like it's most of it is people standing in a room talking to each other sure so if you just sit there and watch like the same people talking for the entire however long the soap operas are half hour hour um it's so boring the thing that makes them exciting are those cutting between these A, B, C. That's what they call them in the in the, the business is A, B, C storylines. Mm-hmm. So you see this all the time on Star Trek and stuff, too. So A storylines are like the big, oh, we're saving the planet or, oh, this, you know, alien disease is, re- you know, running through the ship. The B storylines are like <clears throat> Troy and Worf going on a date and like, oh, now they're fighting about something. Are they going to, what right. is going to happen? So those are like the, the more the character storylines that are happening through the arc through the arc um so yeah anyway that's my advice is don't play out the whole scene and then cut to another scene if you're the gm when you're split when you're yeah when your party's split so find those awesome cool exciting moments and stop there and then move to the next one and you know be aware of your time and be like oh okay and try and keep it a little bit even that's the that's the that's the biggest problem with, with party splits is when you have those um those types of players that are like, okay, now it's my time and we're going to sit here for a long time and I'm going to talk about all kinds of stuff and maybe get in a combat and all kinds of things. <laughs> Meanwhile, you've got three or four other people who are sitting around doing literally nothing right. for 45 minutes or an hour, right. which when you add it up, it's like three or four hours yeah. of time in people time. Yeah. But those people <clears throat> are the same people who really love having that moment that people are going to remember. And right. cutting away from it just as they have that moment makes like puts an exclamation point rather than a period on it. Right. And then they know it'll be a few minutes and they'll be back. And they will appreciate the time to think of something even more awesome to yeah. be. Excellent. All right. So anyway, that's my advice uh, about that. I'll give you the applause. <laughs> oh, Where's my applause? No, you it totally just or deleted it. <laughs> oh, no, you did No, I didn't. I'm... Thank you. It's really quiet. Elbow, elbow, wrist, wrist, <laughs> touch the prince. <laughs> That's how right. the princess is at Disneyland. We've got a microphone rubbing against something. Oh, oh. I've heard it twice now. I'm sorry. I think it's my um, my headphones rubbing against the microphone. Okay. I'm a little out of practice. This. I'm I know. sorry. Theater of the Mind in Games from Nicholas. Hi, gang. Here, Hi. have some content. Yay! Why, thank you, Nicholas. We appreciate My content. goodness, that makes it much easier to do the show every week. <laughs> I appreciate, like, good-sized oh, content. Absolutely. Good. <laughs> when I play, not to say GM, I always filter what's said and done through my own theater of the mind. Whatever actions the other people do, I try to fit them into my own personal narrative. I've found four recurring play styles that often clash. Most games that I am in contain a mix of 
as in a mix of these as any single player may flow in and out of them they are the realist not playing the setting munchkins and goofballs the realist i personally lean hard into realism knowing every little item carried and the, and feared death above all else but spiders and public speaking wow that's realism <laughs> um my pc would drop everything if he thought it better his ch- it it it'd better his chances of outrunning a threat no matter what the rules say <clears throat> not playing the setting is this like playing a ninja in a fantasy game? Mm, that's why he left the definition there, so you to read it. And One on-and-off player wanted high fantasy. We weren't playing high fantasy. He mainly achieved this through cheating, which is crossed out, bettering <laughs> the odds. One striking example would be trying and succeeding to stand on horseback while galloping through the enemy hordes, jumping from horseback onto the chieftain for an epic one-on-one. I was just a tiny bit jealous. Okay, to be fair, that's the thing people do in real life. Like, well, sta- yeah. like, I mean, it's called vaulting. It's a whole like horse sport. You do all crazy wild tricks on horses. And standing right. on a horse while it's galloping is a thing that many real people have done in the world and Absolutely. in history. And, they, and, and it's also a common tactic to take out the commander of a force yeah. early on, even though it pisses them off. Yeah. And all generals get pissed off by that. They're like, well, that shouldn't be targeting us. No. <laughs> I'm just wearing this bright uniform for looks, not actually to be targeted. Way over on this hill, way over yeah. on the edge. <laughs> Purveying the battlefield. Uh, munchkins, playing the min max. You just you made the mistake of including a horse example, right. so I had to correct you. I'm sorry. I'm actually. But yes, we get, we get the point. High fantasy stuff. Yeah. Continue. But that's munchkins. like real, too. Yeah, no, no, it totally is, but I'm assuming that there were other high fantasy, like, examples that he just... Like swinging from chandelier. Yeah, yeah. You swing from a chandelier, there's fucking things coming out of the roof. Absolutely. That's what happens in real life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's a poor choice with me here. If Stork was here, it would have gone over fine. (laughs) Playing the min-max game. To control a soulless mini with the sole ambition to win the game with better gear than they started. Even if it requires talking, uh, talking to get past a guard. Goofballs. Um... I've had players slipping into comedy, uh, full comedy mode, breaking all uh, immersion for a cheap laugh. This is the this is the one and only this this is the only one that is hard to justify, even if they succeed with their comedic endeavor. This brings me back to the topic. To make a narrative more cohesive, I do tidy up events. If a player had to leave early and his character runs on autopilot for the remaining time, um, I'd make up a reason for this dialogue and all. Uh, this is my head cannon, which I need not share with other players. An example would be the min-maxer making an ineffective character and losing the fight. He stops enjoying the game, want, uh, wanted it to end so he could play something else. But my head cannon was that he was depressed from watching his close friend get killed. Oh, I see what you're doing. Okay. Okay. Uh, this is a brilliant idea. Old news that everyone does to some extent, or a terrible or disgusting or coping mechanism. <laughs> um, I miss a fifth offended... Uh, did I miss the fifth... There was an image there, I guess. Yeah, there's an image. Love you 3000, Nicholas, from Stockholm. 
I love you 3002, Nicholas. I, yeah, I mean, I feel like this is something, like, a lot of people have to, have to play with groups, especially depending on where you live, like, that are a little bit more mixed on, on what people are after. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I, I have done this too, where I'm like, okay, I'm going to explain this to myself in my head. And this is how my character is going to react to this. Sorry. Stupid. I'm just going to take it off. This is how my character is going to play with what they did as a choice. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So I think it's a good coping mechanism. I don't think it's a terrible idea. Um, you know, if if they hate it, if they're like, that's not my, what my character did, then it's like, okay, Cool. Yeah, I'm gonna totally still think that's right. And you just think it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't. It, it is a. It, it's a. It's a. It, is it a? It's a coping mechanism. Yeah. Also, possibly a way of avoidance. Yeah. <laughs> a method of avoidance. So yes, <laughs> to both. <laughs> I don't necess, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to. To sort of fill in the details in your mind. Right. Because, I mean, we do that anyway when you're playing a game. I mean, mm-hmm. when someone starts describing a scene to you, you start filling in the details, even the ones they don't mention. You right. start, you know, when you initially set a scene, okay, you're in a typical tavern. Everyone in their in their brain goes, okay, I'm, I kind of know what a typical, what I think a typical tavern looks like, right? Yeah. And then you start describing things, and then it sort of changes the picture in your brain. But you fill in a lot of details that never get mentioned right. to you. So this is to do, basically ascribing the same sort of thing except to a physical space to the motivations of a problemed player. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. So I, I wouldn't blame you for it. And I also kind of like your definitions. Um, it, it, it's hard to play with all of those at the same time, though. <laughs> which, is your, which, which is your least favorite of the four? Um... I don't know. It, it sort of depends on the flavor I would say, uh, not with it. With the, a different example than this, I'd say not playing the setting. That's mine too. Yeah, it's that, really annoying. That's almost a pet peeve. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> okay, like fine. Like uh, most of the time when I see it, it's people in like a fantasy setting like that who want to have like weird technology. I want to invent gunpowder. Yeah, you're like, uh, what? What? No, don't do that. Stop. I'm going to take my modern, my, yeah. my modern understanding of physics and yeah. make something that my character would never think of. Yeah, I googled gunpowder and I know how to make it now. And so my character like is suddenly going to discover this thing, and you're just like, I just no, no. So I I don't know. I think that's the most annoying one for realists. Like okay, like. People really enjoy that. Like, okay, that's not my cup of tea at all, but, like, Nicholas likes it, too. Right. Um, I think you can be a realist. You just have to, at a table with other non-realists, you just have to kind of be a little flexible. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it really depends on the GM. If the GM's, like, making everybody count their arrows and all that stuff, like, that's what the type of game it's going to be. So that the GM really sets the tone sure. for that. If the jam's not making everybody count your stuff and you are just counting your stuff, great. Like, that doesn't hurt anybody. That's fantastic. Um the Munchkins, I mean, as like, I've played with Munchkins who are also good role players. Mm-hmm. So I think you can, I don't think those two things are mutually exclusive. Um, it sometimes is a little annoying in combat where they just, like, wreck everything. And like, oh, okay, cool. Or it takes them forever and they don't wreck everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that That's also annoying. Okay, you're a bad Munchkin. Yeah, well, I, I don't think you can actually call them Munchkins in if they don't actually do a good job. They're trying. They're just a failure. It depends on what definition I think you're using for That's Munchkin, true. because if you're using like the Steve Jackson Games ver- definition of Munchkin, mm-hmm. a la the Munchkin game, uh-huh. I think may- be- 
trying to trying to uh, uh, play the rules, mm-hmm. uh, like play the rules, not not like follow the rules, but right. like game them, mm-hmm. uh, and doing it poorly tot- could totally fit into a, a Munchkin thing. That's possible. Think. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's, and a, it's the intent. Yes. it's not your. Your your uh, ability, it's your intent. Yeah. Um, goofballs are a very close second, I think, to annoying. It depends what kind of game I'm running. Yeah, 100%. <clears throat> the, like, there's a difference, I think, too. It's like, um, this is one of the reasons I have trouble watching a lot of a lot of stream RPGs. Um, because, you you know, people are trying to make it entertaining. I totally get that. But it also really pulls me out of it when I'm listening to it like a story. And suddenly... I mean, we do this too. We do this all the time. So I realize I'm being a total hypocrite. But like, it, it pulls me out of the story when suddenly people are making completely like jokes that are completely not related for a joke. When it seems like it's to pull attention, right? Not that it's like, hey, I'm at the table with my friend. They really, this is a very funny joke between the two of us, or like those I don't mind so much. Or if it's a joke about something that happened in the game or something their character said. You know, like, yes, duty is a funny word. If you laugh at that, I, I, I don't care. That's fine. I, it's I, like, I understand It's that. like taint. Yeah, taint, exactly. Yeah. Like, I get it. Like, okay. And so a bunch of people are rolling their eyes at us right now going, oh, my God, they will never, yeah, we won't ever nope. get over that. But if, you know, but those sort of at least have to do with what you're, what you're doing. I don't mind jokes like that so much. But if it's like, I don't know, I, 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 the pulling focus on me, 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 like, I, I, those annoy me. Yes. I mean, like, <clears throat> I ran two games that... Well, the, the vampire game ended up not being... No, it, it was pretty dark. The ending was pretty dark. Yeah. Because it's like... And I, I don't know if you... I have, Spoilers? I, I, haven't put, I haven't put it up yet. Okay, so, yeah, so, you shouldn't say anything but, about it then. But Pooja, like, wrapped the game up in a bow. Yeah. And I'm like, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> She's good. She's so good. Yes. But, um... And it was a dark ending, but I mean, everyone had fun, and it kind of it had sort of a light-hearted feel to it. But yeah. it was definitely dark shit was happening. Um, but you know, like the, I'm really looking forward to running the GURPS game because I'm I've told all the players I'm like, this is going to be a goofy game. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna it, it it's still going to be a you know like quote unquote high fantasy game where mm-hmm. you're going to have all kinds of you know crazy monsters and stuff and there's there is a plot i don't know if you guys are going to follow it or not i really don't <laughs> care but um but i i'm not looking for to for, to, to have a, a game with that this sort of dark content like yeah. you would have with call of cthulhu or things like that yeah i mean i'm looking for a lighthearted goofy game absolutely i think we all need that like i mean i think that's one of the reasons with um, murmurs it took us so long to go to finish that just cuz it such a dark time in real life. Oh yeah, like, and it, and what a coincidence yeah. when it's like <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna have a game that's based around Haster. Yeah, and it's gonna be about a bunch of people who are gonna be trying to spread all kinds of infectious diseases and plagues all over the world. <laughs> and then boom! Thought that was funny, did you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like oh. Oops. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> we could tell the future. What do you do? It'd be, our studio I, would be very different. <laughs> well, I am from the future. I'm not allowed to say it. Oh. I am from the future. Yeah, I believe you. <laughs> totally. I just, I, I, there's someone on TikTok who puts up predictions, uh-huh. and they're hysterical, some, some yeah. of them. It's like, I keep trying to convince people that I'm from the future. It's all text. It's yeah. not like a, someone's video. It's like, they're from the future. Here are some more predictions. Da 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 da. And, <laughs> and, and some of them are like just nuts. <laughs> Like, but it's like comedy. Okay. No, it's like, no, it's, well, some of them aren't, but it's like, 
I don't even remember what it was. One of them had to do something with like an ice cream parlor or something. <laughs> I don't remember. Okay. But it was funny. That's very funny. I also love watching those Russian dudes dressed in the LED suits dancing. Oh, yeah. Have you seen that shit? <laughs> yeah, That's fucking those. amazing. Yeah. This is, all the best stuff on TikTok gets to Twitter eventually, so I see all right. the best stuff. So <clears throat> That and then there's this, there's this dude. He's Asian, and he does these like stunt things. Mm-hmm. And he chants something, and I don't know what it is, because I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not even really sure what language he's speaking. Mm-hmm. But he will do these, like, crazy-ass things where he'll take a hoodie, and he'll, like, put his legs through the arms of the hoodie, and then put his arms through the, the arms, and then put his head in the thing, and then try to balance on a balance ball. <laughs> oh <my laughs> he just, like, all kinds of... And he falls all the time. <laughs> I mean, he always... Sometimes he hurts himself, sometimes he doesn't, but... Uh-huh. I love watching that guy. Yeah. I followed him. I like everything he does. <laughs> <laughs> he appreciates that, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> Success story from Axel in Germany. Mm-hmm. You know what? I, if there's anyone out there who plays RoboCraft on Linux and you want to start a clan, email me. <laughs> it's a fun game. We it's just, a really fun game. We just got done talking about goofballs who pull attention and are off topic. I'm just saying. Okay. People right. listen to this, and there's probably people who that play is, that game. It's a very popular game amongst the Linux crowd. I'm told. Yes. Are, are you part of the Linux crowd now? No, I am not. But it's a really fun game. Okay. And it's. I mean, it's. It's not super. It's not like high res or anything like that. Zachary's like those graphics are very good. I'm like Zachary. Yes, you're right. But the gameplay is fantastic. Because oh, you build robots. you got like little blocks, and you build, put legs on them and build stuff, and you can get... There's tech trees to get better weapons and stuff, and I just got chain guns. You just have to remind him of how many like years of his life he spent in Minecraft, and I'm sorry. <laughs> and still does sometimes. And still does, yeah. Well, Allie, Allie like, will, will, never misses the Minecraft champion. Yeah. What is it? My, yeah, Minecraft championship, mm-hmm. I think they call it. Well, they build these like custom, yeah, custom things, and they have all these all these Minecraft streamers come in, and yeah. But it, for her, that's like it, it, I, I get flashbacks to my dad watching football games on Sunday morning. Yeah, Sunday morning. so exciting. Anyway, all right. Hi, Stu. GM success story. I have successfully stolen your setting from the Mode of Sin game. I play in Vampire twentieth twentieth anniversary edition as well. Attached. See my interpretation of the <laughs> island map. I, rene- I renamed the place to Brigatin Br- Island. Uh, I don't know what that means. Brigantin? Brigantin? Brigantin. B-R-I-G-A-N-T-I-N-E. Island. Added a few things here and there, but I'm sure you will, you will recognize the place. Also, I have recreated the newspaper that initiated so many plot lines. Yes, <laughs> in German. But I'm sure you'll see a few familiar things. Yes. As they say, professionals steal. We have just played session 14 via Zoom. The group are are my oldest friends. We didn't play for ages due to lockdown, but an easy entry into uh, into a great setting motivated me to GM again, and we're having so much fun. Of course, the plot developed completely differently from your AP back then, which is completely fine, but it's so good to be able to settle into a wealth of an existing background, NPCs, and plot hooks. Excellent. So yeah, instead of running this game off a module, I'm running it off of one of your APs. So far from fully, uh, so far from fully original, but hey, who cares when you're having fun? Thanks for the motivation and inspiration. Axel, German in the UK. P.S. 
Caroline Osterman in my setting was, of course, a powerful mage from the start. Mine too. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. I yeah, love that. That's awesome. I'd love to see. I'd love to hear how the what what the changes mm-hmm. what what differences what, what they differences, did yeah. what the players' decisions how it changed the the, the direction of yeah. Them. And hopefully he's the only. Well, I hope all of them listen to our podcast, but. That I, I I think it's cool that he might be the only one, so they don't necessarily know all this stuff. Right. It's so funny, like having people play in worlds that like you've played in, mm-hmm. and it's very interesting. It's wild. Yeah, it, it's kind of the same when you when you play like the L five R when we would go back as different characters into that same world. It's always interesting. It makes feels... it seem richer because the history you've experienced the history. Yeah. And it's, it's not just something the GM just made up. It like happened, even though it. Was in a, still in the game, but it's, mm-hmm. but it transpired. Yeah, um, I was actually watching last night. There's this amazing documentary about the making of Final Fantasy XIV, which I promise I'll tie in in just a second. That's their online MMORPG one. And the interesting thing about this is they Did it have another name. Uh, eventually, it did, but they released okay. it, <clears throat> and it was terrible. It was really bad. Um, so. They eventually got someone to come in. They patched the current one and rebuilt a new one at the same time, like parallel. Then they had a cataclysmic event that destroyed the world in the MMO. And that's when they launched the new one. And they took everyone's characters. They had a whole thing where like everyone's characters were saved by this mage who cast this spell and sent them to this other place. Um, that's awesome. It was so amazing. It's so good. And... Final Fantasy fourteen is really popular right now, as WoW is waning due to many, many reasons. Um, but um, a lot of people are playing it. If you haven't played it, you should try it. Um, but it was really interesting. They talked about that in the game, and MMOs are starting to have kind of that same sort of thing that you were just talking about, an actual history of the world. Mm-hmm. So this is a big event that happened years ago now to players, and fewer and fewer players were actually there to see it. Right. You know, as new people have joined, it's now like got millions of people. I think it's the most popular MMO in the world right now. Is it really? Yeah, it overtook WoW. Um, no shit. Yeah, people are mad. <laughs> now, is it is it as old? Uh, no, WoW WoW's been out for longer. But oh. with all Blizzard's drama and like nobody wants to oh, give them sure. money anymore. Right. But so it, it's interesting hearing that one of the the devs was talking about how. Like, even though they have all this made-up lore of the world, the things that really happened have also become part of the lore of the world. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting. Like, you have that with campaigns that you revisit or that other people have started. Um, you're seeing this right now um, with Abria. She ran a campaign for Critical Role. Mm-hmm. And she used Critical Role's world, but it was, like, another time in that history. Right. So there were, like, tie-ins and stuff like that. It's It's amazing how... The richness of these worlds, whether it's an MMO or an RPG and our L5R campaign and Eldamy, Mm -hmm. like, get this mix of made-up history and things we did in this that are now real history. Like, Carolyn Osterman being a powerful mage and all the history that comes with that choice. Right. I don't know. It's just a fascinating kind of, like... Study into human interaction and how we create stories. Well, it's like, in the the GURPS Eldamy game I'm going to be running... It, it's going to take place 10,000 years before the last time we uh-huh. had an Eldamy game. That's so cool. <clears throat> so this is back when the Empire still existed and is just starting to crumble. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's how the game is going to start. But I'm, I'm also taking a... I'm go, kind of going back to what it was originally... The, the original Eldamy when like, it wasn't like just a plug-in for a D&D game. Mm-hmm. 
because so like one of the things that I've always thought was would be was cool was elves being a dying race. Yeah, and that and the the way I sort of in in the back of my head figured that happened is that a pair of elves can only have one child. Mm-hmm. So every generation is half the size of the previous generation. Mm-hmm. They live a super long time, but they do eventually die. They get killed or they fall off a truck or, mm-hmm. or well, get, get hit by a train. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but whatever. And then slowly and slow. And, and then like the, the children become like not just precious, but like super duper precious. You are like the last few remaining ones mm-hmm. of us. And it's pretty soon the the planet will not have any of us, but you're it. So no, you can't go out adventuring. Yeah. But but in the game that I'm going to start next month, um, they're already gone. Mm-hmm. So they're I mean the, the remnants of their civilization is out there, cool. but they're not there anymore. Yeah. So it's basically all people. I'm I'm coming up with a something like kobolds. I'm not mm-hmm. exactly sure what they're going to be yet, because mm-hmm. <clears throat> I want something. I want some sort of like tiny menace, <laughs> which okay. is which is like dangerous, mm-hmm. but also it's like I don't want like all of my friends to think I'm like taking these things too seriously, mm-hmm. but they can fuck you up. Yeah. So, especially in large numbers. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, but it's it it, it th- there is one spot where there can be an intersection between that this current campaign and the last campaign. Mm. Not the last campaign, but the, actually the, the original one. Yeah. The one before we started recording them. Yeah. Because you, you know the moment I'm talking about. I think so. That's one where you guys had one of those the the glass orbs for the yeah. skipping mirror. Yeah. And it was like kind of fucked up. Let's try it anyway. Let's Bloop. try it anyway. No problem. Yeah. Where are we? Yeah. Who are all of these people? Uh, I think I know what just happened. Oh, fuck. <laughs> So oh, we made so many bad decisions in that campaign. It was good though. But you made decisions. We did. We did. We, we made them. We made them hard. That's right. You leaned into them. We we did. <laughs> what I think is a, a fantastic thing. Do you have a Do you have a world building idea? Um, I actually uh, I did. Um, I wanted to do like a lore element about the world mm-hmm. um, where. Instead of like um, like like songs are a thing, but there te- there's this very specific type of like bardic practice in this world mm-hmm. where it's more like a spoken word chant almost, and that's how they pass down. Like it's not melodic; it's it's and it's very repetitive. Mm-hmm. Um, that and that's how they pass down like some of like like great oral traditions like that's how they they would have passed down their iliad and their odyssey and things like that um but they're sort of chanted almost like a gregor but gregorian's mu- musical are musical yeah it's 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 very like like sort of similar to that but like but without the melodic piece okay so like if you've heard spoken word poetry except a little bit more monotone it's like a very clear recitation of this is this story and it's almost um it's not religious but it's almost like a sacred event so when someone starts this like people come and they sit and they like pay very rapt attention so it's it's expected that you would do that because it's so important to listen to these specific stories and these are like like 
creation myth stories or like historical more most, historical okay. things because it's not a religious it's not tied to the to the religion at all um but there definitely probably have been politicians and jerks who've like tweaked them and oh, used sure. them for their own purposes i'm shocked yeah amazing <laughs> <laughs> used for propaganda what people don't do that <laughs> oh Okay, I'm trying to think if I have one. I, did, I, I didn't come up with one. Aww, See, on. the, the, prob, the, the problem is I keep stealing stuff that I'm, I'm putting in my GURPS game. Yeah. I could... St- <laughs> no, nah, I don't want to do that. Just think of one right now. Uh... Think of one that you used in something else. But something that you did in Vampire that you could make into this setting. In Vampire? Mm-hmm. I don't think there was anything in Vampire I could use in the fantasy setting. It was very modern. Uh, I'm trying to think. Well, add in something about are there Fae in this world yet? You did a really good job with Fae and Vampire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they scared the shit out of you guys. Yeah, they did. <laughs> they were very scary. <laughs> um, no. You know what? I'll, I'll add a religion, and this is something that I was. Okay. <coughs> thinking about adding, and this, this would be like an animism type religion. Mm hmm. So it's more of a belief system, mm-hmm. uh, non deity, but uh, every living thing that isn't a person mm-hmm. has a spirit inhabiting it. Okay. So every tree, every bush, every animal mm-hmm. that I mean, animals maybe they maybe animals have some sort of spirit thing in them that's like a soul, like yeah. like a like people would have. Okay. But the but in all things there is a spirit that lives in it. That um, is, they give them gifts and things like that. Mm-hmm. So there, oh, yeah, very good, <laughs> absolutely. That's that a was because see the religion in because it's a because the the GURPS game is going to be an empire. Mm-hmm. They, they did the same thing the Romans did, mm-hmm. which which is oh, you like your religion? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, you could, that's not not a problem. Yeah, we'll, we'll kind of add it all in together and make it all be one big thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's now, sort of like what the what the Catholics did with certain pagan traditions. Oh yeah, like, yeah, well, yeah, we have that. Sure. Yeah. yeah, Jesus was born on that day. Amazing how that's a coincidence. <laughs> totally amazing how that was already a holiday. But I mean the yeah. the the, re- the religion Easter. in the in the <laughs> empire is like a it's a mess. Oh yeah, because there's a bunch of different pantheons. Absolutely, and they overlap. It's like you know it's not just like the Greek and the Romans and the you know the Norse and you have all these different regions where you have. And some of them, if they're close by, they're similar. Yeah, their pantheons are similar, but they got different names. But some of them are like wildly different. Super far, yeah. So I, I started. Um, I mean, we're talking about Egypt, and then like the Celts. Yeah, like totally, yeah. like completely wild differences. And but it, it, and it's it's very strange that we that so many cultures came up to, to said no, there's a pantheon, of, there's a god of this and god of this and the god of this. It's, and I wonder why we did that. That makes so much more sense to me, though, than the than people coming up with "there's one God who does everything." But it's very. It makes it very for a very busy religion. Yeah, <laughs> but it reflects human society. You don't have one person who does everything. You have one that's person true. who makes you know the food. You have one person who goes out and hunts. So it makes sense that that's true. That kind of reflects that. So the gods are are. are it, they, they believe that many hands make for light work. Right. Exactly. And that's why in a lot of these. Religions, like especially polytheistic re- uh, religions, not 
you know, not universally, but they're very human. They fall in love. They get jealous with each, about each right. other. They have babies. They cheat on each other a lot. So the, they have sex as swans. They have the religion. The, the 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 official religion of the of the empire is called the fold, mm-hmm. right? And it's literally everyone's religion. Yeah. It's and it's a mess. Yeah. <laughs> because like, clergy are like, um, oh, you need that ritual, uh. Like Stu coming flipping, up with something flipping, for our campaign. Right, flipping setting. through a book when, well, let's see. <laughs> okay. oh, I need a burnt offering. Okay, yeah, we can do that. Yeah, that's fine. And this is a priest, right, yeah. of the religion. Yeah. Because it's just too much for anyone to have memorized. Mm-hmm. And, and it's all, obviously, it's all very regional. Mm-hmm. Certain areas, they know what they're doing with, with regard to their pantheons, and others mm-hmm. they don't. But... People travel, and it's a, it's a, most of the, I'm figuring most of the land is settled mm-hmm. at this point. There's some areas that are kind of unexplored, but now, most, but now, just to be clear, this is for your setting for your game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just, we're cutting this off. This isn't right. for the setting for this. I have a question about the thing for your setting here, though, before mm-hmm. you continue to steal yes. from your campaign. Right. With these spirits that are in all these mm-hmm. um, animals, uh, or in, in plants and living things, can, like, the, the humans, can they, can they, can some of them contact it? Can everybody contact it? Can nobody? Is this just something they believe some in? Some of them can contact it. Uh-huh. Them. Okay. Or them. they say they can. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> nice. I like that. But who knows? Yeah. But I just wanted to like make it super clear where Very our... difficult to know if you're... If someone's talking to the tree, if, no, unless yeah. you speak tree. Yeah, but I just wanted to make it super clear where our campaign building as a <coughs> podcast right. endeavor was starting and ending versus yes, Stu totally ruminating different. on his setting for his upcoming right. game. Yeah, it's it's and I came up with I can't remember what her name is. I came up with a a, a, a woman version of Bacchus. Mm. I can't remember what her name is. That's very cool. But she's always pictured holding like a goblet of wine and clutching her pearls. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's awesome. That's very funny. That's but she's good... ba- she's basically the equivalent of Bacchus. Yeah, that's 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 hilarious. At least in the, in the region where the game starts. Yeah. So because there's a there's a the only reason she exists is because there's a tavern called So and So's Spleen, mm-hmm. which is the tavern where the game is going to start. Because <laughs> okay. of course the game is going to start in a tavern. The other thing, yeah, I'm I'm running as, uh, oh, what's the term I'm looking for? Uh, when you you're constantly pulling from from current cultural references. Mm-hmm. I can't think of it. Stereotypical. Mm-hmm. The stereotypical ro- fan- high fantasy role-playing game. That's what I'm <laughs> trying to run. So if the party wants to go out and, you know, beat someone up and take their stuff and mm-hmm. rifle through their their pack, go ahead. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> you can be garbage people. It's not a problem. <laughs> it's a goofy game. I think I think yeah. introducing it with the, the Bacchus... Like cl- a clone goddess with the clutching pearls and the thing, I think that sets the tone well. Yes, <laughs> maybe that maybe that should maybe that, that should be the image for the. Yeah, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> and she, she's got a, a a very like I don't know. It, it, her name sounds like she would she would be like some orc goddess. No, it's Graggle. Ah, Graggle. that's awesome. Graggle. Graggle is her, yeah, her name is Graggle. That's awesome. anyway. Maybe maybe by the time. We get to later campaigns. Gregor is a is an orc goddess. Who knows? That's true. Yeah, she totally could be. Yeah. So, all, all right. right. Uh, I think that's it. I think so. That's what we got. All right. I'm going to end it. Where's okay. the thing? I don't know. <laughs> there one. Yeah, hit the right one the first time. Oh, I had another button. No, that's real quick, actually. Sorry. Um, if you supported Decima, but everything has been printed. 
They are sitting at the warehouse um, and are going to start shipping hopefully in the next week. So I have a massive spreadsheet that I'm updating with everything's, everyone's information that I'm going to be sending there that they will then be shipping out with all that information. So that's my project this weekend. And then excellent, Decimo will be in people's hands. It's very exciting. And then you're done with it. I'm done. And you can move on to the next. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've already kind of moved on to the next. Right. But <clears throat> actually making the next thing, yes. It's very exciting. Big sigh of relief that it's going to ship oh, and that this one is finished. done with that. Like right. already very excited about that. So. Excellent. And they're beautiful. They're really high quality printing. I'm very excited about it. Yeah, I saw your proofs. They were fantastic. Yeah, they're beautiful. and just, Good artwork, too. Yeah, Samantha's art, just yeah. beautiful. It pops so nicely. She's just fantastic. I love her. One small word of advice. If you're going to eat <laughs> salted garlic chips, which are like these freeze-dried like garlic cloves, don't have it be the first thing you eat in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> just saying, wow. Yeah, everyone's wondering why I'm sitting over here. And it... <laughs> And my burps have been like, wow, that's still a lot of garlic. I had one, one little one. Yep. I'm like, oh, God, these are so good. I can't wait to, like, grind them up and cook them, cook something with uh-huh. them. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. But, yeah. All right. We're Thank you for joining us for Season 28, Episode 19 of Happy Chicken Surgery Podcast. My name is Drew. My name is Kimmy. And we'll see you next week, Saturday, 10 a.m. Pacific Time, right here at happyjacks.org slash live. Woohoo! Thank you very much. Goodbye. Goodbye. From Michigan to Australia and maybe East Timor, be a Presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire. Bum, bum, bum.